Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack, and we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to MVP and another episode. Um, this is actually another episode on ethics. So Jack, we're going to start with a quiz. Oh no. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Jack just said to me before the recording, I can't remember the three theories. Yeah, I can remember everything about octopuses or octopi, octa, octopus. I can remember everything about those because that's one a more recent one we've done. But yeah, ethics was a while ago for us. <laughs> Well, so we're not we're not obviously just going to rehash old ground, but we I will recap the three main ethical theories before we move into more dilemmas and discussion so that you aren't sat there too lost, Jack. So it's, it's only right. And also repetition helps things get into your long term memory. You never know if we do an ethics part three and part four, and part <laughs> five, you might actually eventually cotton on to <laughs> yeah by part seven at part seven you can quiz me then then yeah, i'll be okay. ready but we spoke about three main theories for ethics so the first one was deontological ethics and that's where people live their lives or follow rules of, mor- of morality that are rule-based and it also is about things having intrinsic rightness and wrongness and one of the things I want to talk to you about later is, is about like the value of human life and whether that has intrinsic value. Because if you believe it does, and by intrinsic value, I mean in its in itself, rather than um, obviously you don't want to kill someone because that would make people really sad and that would be painful for the person, but actually it being a wrong act to kill, that is a morally wrong thing to do. So that was deontological ethics. And then we had consequentialism, and that is all about the outcome or the consequences, funnily enough. It's an easy way to remember it for next time. But consequentialism and um, utilitarianism is, is a kind of a branch of that, is part or is assessing an action, and it's basically deemed right or wrong based off of the outcome and the, the harm caused or, or the benefit. So in in those sorts of examples, you have something where um, sacrificing a minority for the sake of the majority is the right thing to do. Um, I do do remember that one because I think that was the one that I most closely aligned with. Um, and and we, we we spoke about some scenarios, didn't we, where um, you kind of have to weigh it up in your mind and think, uh, although this is wrong, this is the greater good here. So I'm yeah. going to go for it. And I think modern society has moved towards that. I think rule based society um, is probably a lot more. Uh, when we when we look into history, we see a lot more rule based. We see um, very very strict rules or taboos or religions that that have these kind of rules um, that everybody should sort of obey, no questions asked. And I think more modern society now bases their rules off of outcomes as well. So it comes up with laws that they think are based off of benefiting the majority of people. And I think as a society we follow rules because they actually 
benefit us and have better outcomes rather than just because it's the right thing to do yeah you know, you've been told to do this so do it but then there was the third one do you remember the third one was it contemporary or was it something along those lines that sounded like contemporary absolutely not it's the word <laughs> virtue ethics that was it <laughs> yeah you know they sound exactly the yeah, same don't contemporary, they contemporary yeah. virtue it's basically a poem <laughs> i must have been thinking of contemporary octopuses that was it that was yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think of a single mvp episode where we've used the word contemporary <laughs> <laughs> so vir- virtue ethics was the third one it, it's where you have principles and virtues that you want to try and move towards and you get this kind of golden mean this perfect amount of bravery um honor honesty kindness all of these different things are virtues intelligence and so you basically choose your actions and choose what's the right or wrong thing to do based off of, is this moving me towards this path of eudaimonia, which is um, a term that, that basically means human flourishing. So it's very, very difficult. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's almost this illusion of ending up as the perfect person, which of course is very difficult to do. But over a lifetime, you pick actions that you think match these virtues. So yeah rather than doing something and it's the weak thing to do or it's reckless or um, it's it's a stupid thing to do you try and think about okay what's what virtue am I working towards here so yeah that's the quick recap hopefully you remembered it better than I did so you've got deontological consequential and virtue ethics I've got it now I'm ready for the quiz I'm going to ask you at the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, and I I think it really helps um, when you think about people's decisions and the opinions that they have on certain things. uh, Sometimes they can kind of categorise them as now a deontological um, ethical person. Say that uh, five five times over, please. Yeah, no, no chance. No chance. And they're probably the worst person to be doing a podcast because I can't even talk (laughs) normally. Um, But Or a a consequential one, and and it kind of... um, gives an explanation to the actions and the thoughts and the opinions of of those different types of people as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think you can also look back on history and you can, or you can look at a lot of, you know, things that go on in society now and start to sort of unpick that from a slightly different perspective. So one of the things to do with ethics and, and that, a lot of the ethical debates ride around this idea of whether life has intrinsic value. So sanctity of life versus quality of life. And where that comes into play is when you have, when you have debates around topics such as abortion and, and whether a fetus has, um, has, has its own, has its has its own rights, has its own um, intrinsic value or, or whether actually we should be looking at the consequences and um, and the consequences for for the mother and potentially that unborn child. It, it also applies for things like euthanasia. You know, if if killing is wrong, end of discussion. The action of killing is morally abhorrent. Mm-hmm. That that should apply in all circumstances, and that then means that there's never any justification for war. It means there's never any justification for capital punishment, 
for abortion, for euthanasia. And that might be the opinion that some people have and 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 they're entitled to that opinion. But actually, when we look at our society and we look at not just um, in the UK, but sort of further afield, we do have exceptions to that rule mm-hmm. based on if if it seems like the consequence is better to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Now, we don't have euthanasia in this country. Um, euthanasia is is when somebody, I don't know, like a polite term, but is killed when they're dying. I don't yeah. Know, what's your I, t- <laughs> I, I think they, they wish to die rather than continue living. And, and usually they're in a lot of pain due to a disease uh, of, of some sort. So they choose that option because it's it's better in the in long the, run they don't want to continue suffering basically in the same way that like i have a gorgeous golden retriever sammy and you know if she was really really unwell and you know was in a lot of pain i'm sure a vet would recommend that she was put down mm-hmm. um it's not what we opted to do with our last golden retriever we were really dragged that out as oh. long as possible <laughs> Turned lesser golden retriever, but a sort of a snake by the end of it, just sort of throwing themselves along Honestly, the floor. Izzy, I, like I'm, my my mum had serious attachment issues. She was like, I just can't let go. I'm sorry. Keep her alive. <laughs> Alistair Paul was the vet, and it was like, Alistair, can we give her another year? I'll do what yeah. it takes. I'll pay anything. Um, you know, we were wheeling her out to the toilet by the end, which is not right. <laughs> the old Prince but, Philip. Yeah. yeah. But then, it, so we kind of show this humanity to to animals. Um, with with things like this you know if a an animal is is injured they are put down that seems like the humane thing to do but it we don't give that same grace that same opportunity to human beings in this country and there are a number of reasons why but what are your what are your sort of views on that jack yeah it's it's difficult because um sort of i'm a firm believer of uh as long as it's not affecting anybody else you should be able to be sort of do what you want to do um so you can't go out and rob people because the people you're robbing it affects but um you if i wanted to go out and uh dress as a superhero every day as long as i'm not affecting anyone else's life that would be fine for me to go and do that um so equally that rule that would then apply is if i wanted to end my life for whatever reason um i should have that power and the power to do that i shouldn't be kept in this painful situation um should i not want to and there'd have to be a lot of careful things put in place um because you'd have to you know you've got to be very very sure that you're not going to change your mind or you know in a few months time there's not going to be a cure or an end to this painful situation because obviously you can't reverse it um so I, i i think under certain circumstances it would be allowed and there'd be a long procedure to it so you'd have to be very very sure that that's what's right for you yeah Um, I think it's about it's about the difficulty of it and ensuring that it's not somebody who's who's there sort of in a really really crass way thinking oh yeah my dad pops his clogs yeah this house you know oh he's yeah no he's really unhappy aren't you dad aren't you dad yeah, you know, so you—it's very difficult, I think, to protect um, mm-hmm. the vulnerable if that is an option that's on the table. Yeah. Um, but you know, and 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 for that reason, we don't have it in this country, and for that reason, we don't have um, capital punishment. Is another, uh, you know, something that 
still very much goes on in lots and lots of countries around the world, including Western civilizations such as um, America. Mm -hmm. And again, if, if we have this, it, for me, it's in conflict. Thou shalt not kill, uh, but you did a bad thing. So yeah, yeah, um, it, it's that's a difficult one for me because uh, you you think that um, justice needs to be served in one way or another, and in some cases, uh, the the victims that are left alive uh, from perhaps a, a mass murderer, so the, the family uh, of the people that have been killed, might want you know, an eye for an eye. They might yeah. see that as an equal punishment. And so who are you to say to those victims, actually, no, we're not going to do that. Um, if it's, even if it's on the table, we're not going to do that because of this, this and this reason. We're actually, they're the ones that have been hurt. They're the ones that perhaps should decide the the, the punishment. Um, I'm against it for the one reason that what if you've got the wrong person for whatever reason. Um, well, it you know, we, 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 Yeah. It does it, happen. It, yeah. Um, and, and that again can't be undone. Um, so ethically for me, it's, it's, it says actually there's other punishments available that perhaps are even worse than a death in that if you're spending the rest of your life in a prison, um, or you're, you're, and all you're doing in that prison is probably, it, it, well, you're forced to make good for what you've done. For me, that would be a more fitting punishment. Um, and yeah. That, what, what, yeah. What do you make of like our, um, our sort of, society's view on crime and punishment yeah oh that's a, a hell of a question that sorry one. yeah uh, just a casual <laughs> friday afternoon so yeah crime and punishment. Uh, thoughts you, yeah you know i, I i'm so being based in the UK, I am happy we don't have the death penalty. Uh, so it, obviously in the UK, we don't have the death penalty. Um, and I, again, I'm glad of that. I, th I think there's better things that can be done to um, incarcerate people, but also perhaps re-educate them. Because one big problem that we have, in certainly in a lot of countries like the uh, the US, where prisons aren't so great, um, is we have a lot of re-offenders after leaving prison, which actually then is creating more victims it's also then putting uh, more of a strain on the taxpayer because you have to then pay to incarcerate someone again you've also got to pay to catch that criminal and, and all, everything that goes alongside of that um in the uk we we do that to, better to a certain degree uh in that um there is education that goes on in prisons uh and i think that should be a part of any prisoner's journey so being kind of kept away from your family, I think that's enough punishment and being kept away from the outside world. That's, that's a horrible situation to be in. It doesn't yeah. have to be something that completely destroys a person's mental health or completely destroys a person's chance of turning their life around later down the line, because that it will also, only lead to more crime. It also, and, and I'm, I'm not really talking about brutal, horrible crimes here. Yeah. Because that's actually very much the minority of these, you know, where you hear these atrocities of rape and murder. And But for me, one of the things that I always found really interesting and perhaps just quite frustrating is we never stopped really to look at the path of somebody to get to that point. Like, why does somebody commit an offence? Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm, I'm unlikely to go to prison I, I would have thought I hope I mean I know in the last ethics podcast I said I sometimes stole things when I was a teenager but I have I have had a you know 
a lot of opportunities in life. I, I was very, very well supported by family and friends. And if ever times became really hard for me, I know that there would be people that would support me and that would get me out of a, out of a hole if I was in it for whatever reason. Now I am probably in the few, not the many, and there are just thousands of people in this country all over the world who might find themselves in a position to commit a crime but it's almost like this path has been predetermined for them and they for for me to not end up in jail is not a shock for my friends from school to end up in jail is not a shock yeah we haven't had to go against the expectation for us or go against the path that's mapped out for us we've just had Mm. to trundle along nice and smoothly on it and not do anything too outrageous yeah I think lots of people in our prisons, that's not the case. And lots of people in our prisons, if if you trace what, you know, their upbringings, if you trace the support network that they have in place, if you trace the level of education they've had, you start to see really significant patterns Mm. showing why somebody might end up in a situation where they have joined a gang, where where they have, you know, stolen things where they've burgled where they've carried firearms and all of those things we've we've talked a little bit before about kind of cause and effect and you know if if we'd been born in these different circumstances if we'd been like dealt a totally different set of cards you know would we want the only option out there to be punishment is is punishment really fair for, for lots of these people? And I know you can't take a crime. So I'm really getting preachy now. But I know I know you can't take a crime when you're when you're in a court of law and be like, okay, well, let me just check. They've ticked a few of these boxes here, so they've had it tough. So they've 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 been through enough. So we're going to be like, okay. And I appreciate that you have to have laws, and and breaking laws has to have consequences. But for me, I just think. I think prison should be 90% about rehabilitation, education, and not about punishing somebody for doing something wrong. Because I'm not 100% sure that many of us could stand there and have done differently in a lot of the same circumstances. And that's one of the things that I find very frustrating about kind of the perception of, of people that have been to prison as well. Yeah. Um, and the the kind of difficulty there around future employment, you know, of course you're going to reoffend if you come out and you can't do anything differently. If you, yeah. The only if the only place you've got to stay is with your mates, who you used to do these things with, you're going to go there and you're going to fall back into the same routines. And that's where I think we should be spending our energy and our resources on changing outcomes and uh, you know as I said kind of rehabilitation rather than like this kind of retribution you know lock them up throw away the key mentality yeah I I think lock the way lock them up throw away the key and the death penalty are very deontological where it's uh this is what you've done we're going to do the same thing to you you've killed someone we're going to kill you whereas um we if we look at it more consequentially uh we are kind of saying 
overall, if we treat this person fairly, if we uh, set them up better in life so that when they leave prison, they're better set up to live a good life and life and contribute towards society. That is more of a, a, a balanced view, isn't it? It's, it's right overall, but it's not as equal as an yeah. eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Aristotle. No, no, I'm joking. Um, but, you know, one of the sort of interesting discussions from ancient Greece and the old philosophers, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, was around this concept of justice and what is justice. And what what do you, what's your perception of justice? Uh, yeah, so my, I'd say, do uh, where... If you've been wronged, there's an outcome that offsets that wrong in one way or another. So if I've been robbed, there's an outcome where I get my stuff back and the person who robbed them loses some of their stuff. stuff. So, it, yeah, stuff is stuff is the way I'm using it. And actually, this touches on uh, a question I was chatting about with some students at the school um, a, a few weeks ago, where we were discussing prisons and we were discussing um, what prisoners can do during their time locked away. Um, because you know, the, the um, common image is they're just sat there all day doing nothing, whereas we could get them to do community service and, yeah. and carry out jobs that people don't want to do. Uh, perhaps, for example, one mentioned was was fixing the roads. Um, lots of potholes in the roads, they need fixing. Uh, if prisoners do it, it's, it's free labour and they're paying back a debt to society yeah. that perhaps they owe. For me, that's justice because the, the bad has been done, but there's some good kind of balancing yeah. it out there. Even though it's not quite an eye for an eye, overall, the theme of bad and good is in, in better balance. We're more, we've got a better justice. Yeah, That's what justice I'm is served. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of, so for, I, I do get that perspective, but for me, it's there's probably more of a leaning towards fairness. And I think mm -hmm. when you view it as fairness, you can view wider than they took my stuff, so I need to take their stuff. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't mean to be like belittling, yeah. uh, I, but I mean, because if you think about it in terms of fairness and then you look and you think, oh, I've got loads of stuff actually. And actually they didn't have hardly, hardly any stuff. And then I'm not saying that that means everybody with, with a small amount can go and steal from people that have large amounts, but yeah. it, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like different perspectives of of what justice actually means because for lots of people justice is an eye for an eye justice mm -hmm. is you know you gotta do the time if you're gonna do the crime yeah <laughs> <laughs> really really did not really butchered that phrase um but it's yeah because we call it we obviously we call it the justice system don't we where our kind yeah. of where we these laws are so if somebody's broken the law we decide on a, a fitting and i use this term again punishment because that is what it's quite archaic isn't it that the pathway is punishment and it should be viewed as punishment because i think that makes everyone else feel breathe a little bit easier don't they yeah you sort of think okay good justice is being served they're being punished in some capacity punish 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 rather than right we, let's make a change so so not only does this not happen with this person doing this again but we shouldn't have any people that and I'm specifically kind of referring to sort of young young people who you know committing relatively 
low threat kind of crimes and and things like that and yeah yeah interesting yeah i think it's particularly interesting that when you said fairness and you said you know stealing from the rich to give to the poor i was instantly thinking of robin hood who we see uh, as a hero and a a good guy in all of these characters but actually he's the he's a thief thief, uh, as well so yeah he is a danger to society so there's also this very and i know we spoke about this a little bit before but we are kind of selfish beings and so we've also think about we can i can sit here and have my wonderful principles about fairness but if somebody broke into my sister's home and stole everything i'd be like i'm gonna hunt them down (laughs) you know so i'm 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 aware that i'm probably a massive stinking hypocrite a lot of the time when it comes to this sort of thing (laughs) So yeah, it's much easier, I think, to determine these laws and and even, you know, we have these lawmakers, don't we? And you can kind of have some distance between what we think is right and what we think is wrong. And how we act in a moment is probably going to be quite different and probably going to be maybe quite instinctive almost. Yeah. I, I think certainly your instincts are more deontological because you think, oh, they did this, I'm going to do exactly back to them because it's probably the first thing you think of. Like if you get punched, well, I'm going to punch them because instantly <laughs> that's that's all that my brain's taking into account. I was going to say, if, I, if I'm thinking about it logically, I think well, maybe I'm not going to punch them again because then they'll punch me back and it will just keep going back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh... It's an interesting, interesting thing that, that, you know. So we're going to do, I've got a couple more dilemmas for you. Yeah. That I want you to try and think in the moment rather than what's the most politically correct way of discussing this. Okay. (laughs) Um, So one of them, the first one is the lifeboat dilemma. Do you know this one? Nope. So imagine you're in a lifeboat with a group of people after a shipwreck. The lifeboat is overloaded and if nothing is done everyone on board will drown you notice that there is a frail elderly person on the boat (laughs) who is not contributing to rowing or helping in any way oh no if you throw the elderly person overboard the rest of the people have a better chance of surviving what do you do so I think my instinct is different to everyone else's because my instinct is not to do it. But then when I think about it, I do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. like, I... I'm the same. So like naturally, okay. I would really struggle going over to Mavis, my 93-year-old next door neighbour. She's <laughs> being subbed in for this example. <laughs> and hoisting her overboard because that is like devastating. Yeah. I don't like that you gave her a name because now I can really picture her I'll and just picture her drowning. Her. <laughs> yeah, this is You're awful. Like, Help, Jack! <laughs> you did this. This is you. <laughs> Remember you. me. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to haunt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably rescue her again and jump in myself. I think that would be well, at that stage. That would be the noble thing to do, Jack. If you were working towards virtue ethics, you'd just be yeah. saying, guys, I'm going to take one for the team. Not enough is space. It- yeah, is it bad that I uh, didn't even consider that as an option until just now? I, like, first of all, I was like, "Well, that's definitely not an option. I, I, it's either Mavis or no one." Yeah, um, <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's fine. You know, protect yourself. Um, 
So you're set. So would you? What would you? Would you be able to do it? Uh, I if if I looked around at everybody else who was there and I I sort of weighed it up and it I knew for sure that we would all die unless you don't I did know. this. You never know. You never know for sure, though, do you? you never know. Yeah, the, that's the problem. If I knew eighty <laughs> percent, I'd probably no. In fact, it'd probably have to be higher. I reckon it'd be ninety percent. If I was ninety percent sure, Mavis would be gone. If not. I, I might try and discuss it with other people and go like, well, you, you better push Mavis off. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it would be tough. It would be very tough. I always think in those scenarios, you never want really, really want to be the leader, do you? No. Because it's then it seems to land on your conscience rather yeah. than as a group. Like, oh, Ken was really pushing getting rid of Mavis. He <laughs> talked me into it. Um, <laughs> you could, de- as a leader, though, you could delegate. You could sort of go. Yeah. Can yeah. Can you guys just, uh, Jack? Um, are you all right just to sort out what's happening with the like the fact that we've got too much weight overboard? Are you happy yeah. to take that one? Are you all right just to explain to Mavis for me that we're gonna have to push her over the edge, and it'd be a lot easier if she just jumped herself. Yeah, it would, be would be easier, and Mavis yeah. surely Mavis understands that she's really had good off the wee band now, Matt. She talked about <laughs> she's ninety four on Monday. Oh no, not anymore. I mean, she, not... she has yeah. had a good run. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, if she makes it till Monday, I hope she doesn't go any boat rides. Uh, oh no, yeah. she doesn't really leave the house. <laughs> okay, perfect. Phew. She'll be fine. Um, and hopefully doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my neighbour's just started a podcast, and I, I'm really interested in the ethics. The thing is, she's so sweet. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure if I gave her the means, she would make our sixth listener base. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. She's lovely. Um, yeah, no, I'm not killing Mavis. I'm sorry, I just can't. Okay, last, last one before we move on to teach liar. The violinist dilemma. Do you know this one? Nope. You wake up one morning to find yourself surgically. These are so ridiculous. <laughs> to find yourself. I can't believe I did this in year 12, in year 13, and then for three years at university. And at no point did I just stop and think, this is a lot of nonsense. Isn't it? Yeah, just, going just like hypothetical so questions, isn't it? Yeah. It's, but yeah. I'd come, the thing is, I'd come back from uni and be like, so guys... I've got a violinist dilemma for you all. <laughs> um, anyway, you wake up one morning, find yourself surgically attached, attached to a famous violinist. You're informed that the violinist has a serious kidney condition and requires the use of your kidneys for the next nine months to survive. Detaching yourself from the violinist would result in his death. Do you have the right to detach yourself? And would you? Why is he a violinist? What? What? I don't what? really understand why they're a violinist. Like, it could be anyone. Yeah. Um, nine. So he's attached to me for nine months. And he, he, how big is he? Like, is he the size of a normal human? Does he have legs? Because in my head, he's got no legs. He's sticking out the side of me. And I kind of have to lug him around. No, let's, let's go with that it's almost like you're sort of Siamese twins for the nine months. But it's not... Uh, it's not com- it's an inconvenience, but it's not a complete... You don't have to be, like, bed-bound because otherwise you're carrying a fully-sized yeah. man. But we, we, he can't do his violinist work at the same time that I'm doing my teaching, really. No, no. Um, no and you can say to him, listen, mate, I'll let you stay, but... You know, the violin's got to go temporarily. I'm, I'm yeah. busy. I've got to teach about osmosis in 10. 
I think I'd have to shake his hand on the fact that we could wear a jacket that made it look like he wasn't there and he never said anything. What, an invisibility cloak? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, just like we've got a big, like, maybe like wide shoulders, perhaps. Um, Like that one on Dragon's Den. That's not on Dragon's Den anymore and that's a very dated reference anyway. But um, then he just sort of sits under my arm and and it's annoying, but no one else really knows that he's there. And then nine months and I'm like, that's the deal. You can live in that situation. So, so there was two. The question was kind of twofold. One was, do you have a right to detach yourself? And the second was, would you? So, I think we're saying that you wouldn't. I, uh, I mean, I'd see how the first day goes, and then I'd probably detach him. I think <laughs> it would be quite annoying. Um, I, I don't. And I, uh, to answer your first question, I don't think I've got the right to do that either. But uh, yeah, you don't think I, you've got the right to detach yourself? I don't know. I don't know. I feel well, like it's your body. You can sorry. Now we really are going down the old abortion yeah. thing, aren't we? I, 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 I see the analogy we're going for, but <laughs> he. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah. it's so it's it's not a big ask. I mean, it is a big ask, but it's not a ginormous. Ask. It's not like giving him a kidney forever, which yeah. is a very noble thing to do. But it, it's literally there is a finite period, I suppose, where he has use of your body, and. How long is really nine months? I mean, as somebody who is pregnant right now, like I can tell you, it does go quite slowly. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're only dooming this violinist more and more in my mind. I, I know, particularly if like, you know, the next week's pod's like postponed for me to be sick. And then you're like, get this guy off me, unplug. Yeah, well, the only reason, so I'm fully you know my body my choice if I was pregnant but this is a fully grown man and he's probably got he doesn't want to be attached to me that's what I'm assuming I'm assuming I don't have a right because equally he's been asked the same problem and he's got instead of a violinist attached to him he's got you've got a teacher attached yeah. to you for he's nine months sharing you. your kidneys who's getting yeah. the worst deal yeah exactly exactly <laughs> I also just love the fact that you're like you know my body my choice if I'm pregnant and I was just like thinking yeah imagine if you were pregnant it would just be very very unusual wouldn't it Jack yeah um, so okay so it seems like you do the right thing that's that's good oh so there was a right answer to this one no no it's oh, sorry <laughs> the, the good thing I don't know what, yeah like the I guess moral the, thing, the, the just the I guess having the man live and you doing a personal sacrifice seems like the virtuous noble thing if you were leaning towards kind of Aristotle's way yeah um but yeah I I would say you've got the right to to detach yourself if you if you just had enough maybe he was you know really obnoxious or maybe it was giving you a bad back yeah his breath smells things like that it was yeah he he said something annoying that I didn't like and he just kept saying it that'd be yeah right you're gone you're gone so shall we move on to teach liar I think we should uh so for anyone who this is your first podcast, what a podcast to jump into. Not ethics, but ethics too. Um, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Uh, but Teacher Liar, Pants on Fire is where um, I tell Kate, or Kate tells me, in this case it's me telling Kate, uh, three news stories, two of which are true and one of which is a lie. And in this essence, it's uh, Kate's job uh, to work out which one the lie is. So we have scientists discover a new fruit Coming to supermarkets near you soon. That's number one. Uh, Crocodile found to impregnate herself. Number two. And funeral firm creates a coffin themed on a Greg's sausage roll. 
Okay, can you go through this again? Because I had an email come through. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Scientists discover a new fruit coming to supermarkets near you. Yeah. Crocodile found to impregnate herself. Funeral firm creates a coffin themed on a Greg's sausage roll. Three is great. Hope three is true. And then we've got the self-impregnating crocodile. Yeah. And we've got the fruit. Yeah. A chihuahua, if you want the name. No. Oh, (laughs) I think, I think, I think two's the lie. The crocodile. Yeah. That is true. The crocodile was in an enclosure in itself. It got pregnant. It's a virgin baby, well, virgin birth uh, to these crocodile eggs. And actually, it's apparently quite a common thing in lizards. But this is the first example of it happening in a crocodile. Uh, what? So, yeah, that is true. That's... Uh, that's. I still think that there's a, a sneaky male crocodile yeah. that's come over from a rival zoo or, at some point. Or, like, yeah. cause has, has she had the baby yet? Because it could be like half crocodile, half man, and it's just one of the oh, zookeepers. Yeah. That would be awful. That's that's that, a croc yeah. man. Yeah, that's that's uh, on, on a podcast about ethics. That's probably the worst. Thing. Yes, in yeah. part three of ethics, we're going to talk about like genetics and yes. blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that one is true. Do you want a second guess? At which one the liars? The new fruit. Or the new the... fruit has got to be the lie. It is. It okay, is the good. lie. Yeah, the completely grapes, made you up. just couldn't. You like you. You're great, but you're not that great. Like <laughs> to come up with that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an incredible story, and it, it, it's a pretty good looking coffin. I wouldn't want it for myself, but it's got like a sausage roll poking out the top of a Greg's bag. Did they mention the the sort of reason? Um, just to bring joy, I think, and uh, you know, it just wasn't like a... for a specific person who for Greg lived their whole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyone could have this coffin. They had a TARDIS. They had loads of different themed ones. Oh, great. Um, oh, I might yeah. look into sort of some sort of Harry Potter themed coffin for myself. Yeah. For um, um, old uh, Maeve. What was her name? Mavis. Mavis. <laughs> okay, Out the boat. Joking, but at least. I'm joking about Mavis dying because I don't want to get <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, I don't want something bad to happen and feel like I've done it because it's so yeah. powerful. Um, and have you got an MVP for this week? I do have an MVP for this week. My MVP for this week is a um, six-year-old boy called Oscar Burrow. Um, Oscar has raised £29,000 by climbing Mount Everest, and he's six. No, he's not. No, he hasn't climbed Mount Everest. He's climbed the the height of Mount Everest on different mountains. Oh, wow. um, Which is still pretty impressive for a six-year-old. but he, he says he wants, it's going to a, a, a children's hospital uh, and it's the £29,000 is £1,000 each for 29 sick children to go on holiday and have an amazing time. I love that. And I think that's really cute. Oh, well, cool. you're not getting a great holiday for only a grand though. Prices are mental <laughs> well, these days. <laughs> yeah. I'd assume maybe you get the uh, sick kid discount sometimes, don't you? That's yeah, true. That's the, yeah. Yeah. Write to EasyJet and see if they can give you some sort of... Um, some sort of free travel bonus, bonus, bonus. Um, Oh, well, your one's probably better than mine. Then I I asked, um, I asked Matt for, we were on the drive today. I said, has anyone inspired you this week, darling? Just sort of like casually. And then he mentioned some (laughs) footballer who has signed for Real Madrid and he's only 22 from England. Oh, Jude Bellingham. That's it. 
from um <laughs> so then he went into like 15 minutes telling me all about this Jude Bellingham from Birmingham City and blah 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 and I was like yeah 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 I'm not doing that uh <laughs> not saying that that one and then he was like well Rory and I was like yeah nailed it Rory McIlroy Big fan, big big fan of him in, in our household. Yeah. Um, do you, and I'm guessing you sort of know a little bit of the backstory. Have you been following the whole sort of live debate? No, not at oh, all. Oh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> well, oh, Jack, we've not got time to really go into this, but <laughs> he is a principled man. He is, he is what you call a principled man. And um, oh, there's there's way too much to talk about, but essentially there was a rival golf tour, um, rival to the PGA tour that was set up um, that had lots and lots of uh, money thrown into it. It was kind of a Saudi Arabian tour and there was lots of talk around this sort of sports washing around idea around it. Um, yeah. And there was a huge conflict last year where essentially the PGA came out and said, if you play on this tour, live tour, you can't play on our tour. But they were offering insane sums of money for, in in lots of cases, kind of relatively average golfers to go and play on their tour. And they were just throwing money at it. I think Rory McIlroy was offered 500 million. Wow. And said no, along with lots of these other people. And then what's happened in the last couple of weeks is now Liv and the PGA Tour have merged. (laughs) And... So all those people that turned down those huge sums of money to stay loyal to the PGA Tour because, you know, that that's what golf was all about. And it wasn't about just, you know, handpicking people to be in a tour. It was about anyone could get into it. Yeah. And those people sort of have like, you know, egg on their face a little bit. But Rory has just held his ground. He is a, he was sort of the spokesperson person for the anti-live movement and he is doing so well he is so adored and he is like stuck by his principles and he yeah just I think he's absolutely great and apparently he's absolutely smashing it in um, whatever golf thing's going on at the moment so despite all of despite all of the pressure and everyone all like the world's eyes except for yours on him um, and seeing how he's doing, he's still doing like very, very well. So he he's just kind of one of these figures who who isn't tempted by greed and actually stands up for his principles. And I think that's pretty good going. Well done, Rory. Uh, I'll have to read a bit more about that. It sounds like, it sounds like the um, European Super League uh, that we had in football. It's, it's a few really years ago. similar. It's, uh, really, really yeah. similar. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting, right? Well, I think that's probably all we've got time for. If I um, looking at the clock correctly. And I know Jack's got somewhere to be. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening, everybody. As 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 always, please get in touch. Podcast at MinervaVirtual.com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And you can see all clips from upcoming episodes. Um, so just uh, a big thank you from me. Thank you you for me. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, only be polite, wouldn't it? Yeah, thank you everybody for listening uh, so far, and uh, uh, we're taking a bit of a summer break now, aren't we? Yes, we are. So hopefully, we'll be back um, in probably a few weeks time um, with some back to school episodes um, for you to tune into. So make sure you've subscribed um, so that you can get the latest information, the latest episode when that's released. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. 